0: The Super Bowl ended less than a month ago. I'm ready less to go again. Let's, yeah. go, let, let's go again. The Rams haven't played a game since, what, the second week in January? Yeah. Right? So we've been a month and two weeks or so since they've played a game. I'm
1: ready. See? I, I'm ready
0: to get back into it.
1: That's what 10 wins will do, right? I mean, there are some teams like you get four and five win seasons. You, you, you want it to last a little bit longer, this offseason thing. Now, this is fun. You want to get right back at it because it's out there for you, especially in this division. I, I think San Francisco is as good as anybody, but I think the Rams, the way they're constructed, if they would have bumped into them and in, into, the, into the playoffs, if they got past Detroit and you bumped into uh, San Fran, I think this whole season changes a little bit. I think they're good enough to beat them. I do
0: too. In San Francisco, what what do they need to get better at to do that though? Because we, you know, last game of the season aside, where it was Carson Wentz against Sam Darn, a lot of backups playing in that yeah. game, and they won the game, so you give them credit for that. But prior to that, the Niners have had the Rams numbers other than then other than the NFC Championship game. By the way, I like to point out the most important game. Yeah, that the Rams won that one, but the Niners have won. You know, was it nine in a row prior to that oh, along yeah. the way? What do the Rams need to get better at to prevent that from being not just trying to win the division, but in the fact that they run into them in the postseason, to be able to beat a team like the 49ers who are loaded on both
1: sides of the ball? I'm sure somebody listening is going to tell me. I think when I was in the NFL, they had beaten the Rams 17 straight times. What? When I came in, it was like 10. Okay. And we didn't beat them until like six years into my career. So, yeah, I mean, these streaks last for a while, but – what you have to do is, number one, you have to block Nick Bosa. For this football team, you have to keep him off Matthew Stafford. I think you, you have the ability to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two, you've got to out-tough and out-hit uh, George Kittle and Debo Samuel. That's been the issue. They've been the most physical team. They think you're a finesse team, and that's how they play. And it, 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 they take guys with them. So you have to out-hit the Niners. I think you've turned the corner on that. Once you got the win, even if it was the backups up there in San Francisco, once you get the win – you change that mentality. We can beat them. Yeah. We left the field with more points than them. So that little mental edge is starting to dissipate. Uh, the third thing you have to do, and this is the most important and probably the toughest, you got to find a way to stop Christian McCaffrey. Mm. Uh, easier said than done, sure. but there's ways to beat him even without stopping him. Keep him on the bench, which means your offense has to stay on it. So I think you have the ability to beat them. You can morph into whatever football team is needed to beat San Francisco as long as you don't hurt yourself if you have the opportunity and you finish and you start the game the way they finished the year last year you can beat San Fran
0: so there there's i don't know whether to call it a philosophy or it's just happened because it happens and it's the residue of just you spend your money elsewhere but we saw the rams this season go into it with a backup quarterback situation that was you know Unfinished, for lack of a better word, right? The draft Stetson Bennett, that obviously did not work out. Brett Ripon gets a shot. Unfinished, yeah. That didn't work out, and to the point where they had to go get Carson Wentz, who, say what it is, he's an NFL player. He, yeah. he started in the league. He's performed well in Franchise the guy. He's yeah. a franchise guy. So he comes in in that last game of the season, you're like, oh, that's an NFL – it's not unlike what we saw with Baker Mayfield a couple of years ago where it's like, oh, that's that's NFL-quality quarterback. Is it the second coming of Patrick Mahomes? No, but it's a good NFL quarterback. Do you think that maybe next year might be a little different knowing that, look, guys get dinged, guys miss a game here or there. Matthew Stafford missed one game last year. And having somebody that can come in and give you a puncher's chance or better –
1: is that something they do differently next year moving so forward? So important. I, look, I, I didn't know that Brett Ripperman was going to, you know.
0: he had a tough day.
1: I mean, rough. Tough day. I, I, I'm sure he's better than what he showed in Green Bay. Sure. He just choked. I'll give him he, that. Yeah. Uh, so, but but the situation was kind of weird. Matthew Stafford and then Hughes drop-off. Yes. So you're depending a lot on Matthew Stafford, and he ultimately got hurt. But this year, I said, look, when you got Carson Wentz, if you can talk him into staying here, and not chasing the Baker Mayfield, I got a chance to compete and be a starter someplace else because I'm not sure how... How do you feel about Carson Wentz as a free agent? Like, where would you stack him? Top 10? Maybe. Kirk Cousins? Maybe. It's, Joshua it's, it's Dobbs. Dobbs. Because
0: he, you know, the... Indianapolis thing didn't really work out. Yeah. the Washington thing didn't really work out.
1: He looked pretty good. How about good Carson in Wentz or Gardner Minshew? Who are you oh, picking? Wentz. Wentz. Okay, so Joshua Dobbs, Carson Wentz. Wentz. Okay, so he's going up the yeah. board on you. So yeah. somebody may offer him a chance to come in and compete for a job. But if that doesn't happen, and if you can do a heck of a sell job between Les Snead and Sean McVay, hey, look, why don't you just sit here, be Matthew Stafford's understudy, help us out a little bit. We think we have a chance to go all in and win. And who knows? If he gets hurt, you're in there. You know what I mean? Sure. This could be your job here. So if you can talk him to the Who do you have to tell that to? Think about what happened to him. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's a great job. But if he decides to go elsewhere, then you've got a situation. Yeah. I mean, do you address that in free agency? Do you address that in the draft? You've you've got to have a credible backup to Matthew Stafford just in case something happens. Every –
0: Sports organization in Los Angeles should have mariachis. I, I'm, I'm sure like this? that you can hear it coming through your speaker if you're listening to it right now. Mary, I don't, I don't, I don't speak Spanish, unfortunately. I wish I did, but I don't know what they're singing about it. But it sounds beautiful. The music's awesome. Every Lakers, Dodgers, Rams, Chargers, Angels, Ducks, Kings,
1: Galaxy, L.A.F.C. Everybody should have a mariachi. That's what I keep. see. This is this is your football team. Yeah, this is your team. You probably live two blocks from here. But see, you, you got a red hat on. For why? <laughs> You're right here, man. You can be in here partying with us. We got a mariachi band. Come on now.
0: I think you gave me bad information on Steve um, Avila.
1: What was the bad info?
0: That he's nasty. Because that was the nicest guy I've met in a very long time. See, that's he a how he smile sucks on you his, his face.
1: That's how he sucks. He's aging. Yeah, I bet he smiles when he puts you in traction, too. <laughs> absolutely. I've seen it up close. I've heard the real Steve Avila. <laughs> oh, my God. Yes, yes. Go ahead. Barking at guys. He absolutely flat backed Bobby Wagner twice. <laughs> twice Bobby looked up like what just hit me and like Steve was just going off like you don't know what you just did kid you just pancaked the Hall of Famer so
0: Puka got a ton of the uh, shine right because yeah. he I mean he set two NFL three NFL records he set two regular season records and one postseason record so obviously he, he got all of the attention all the attention he got he deserved but what Abloh was able to do and play every snap at that position and like he said and i thought it was really interesting it wasn't just survive it was i'm fine you know there were some games that were better than others but there was never a hey that's not really working
1: out he just showed up day one and was a pro how does that work you know the cool thing i, I was talking to his his o-line coach and he, he's he's a real quiet guy he's got the beard i mean this is the guy you want as your o-line coach He's a nonconformist. I love him. Walks <laughs> around in slides. He's he's that dude. I love this guy. But asking him about Steve Avila or about Dodson, about the offensive line without asking him directly about people. Like, you gotta go out and play Eric Armstead or this certain guy over here. How are you guys gonna handle your protections for this game? You know what he says? Yeah. We're gonna keep it the same. We're gonna keep it we're just gonna run our stuff. Now most people have plans for people. But when you have ultimate trust in the guys you're putting out there, you can just run your stuff. So that means you may get Eric Armstead or a potential Pro Bowler locked up on Steve Avila, a rookie left guard, and you're comfortable with that because he can handle it. And not only are you comfortable, he buries the guy. I was going to say, yeah. and, and it's not like, okay, we, we fought to
0: a draw. It's, no, I'm good, man. Let's yeah. go again. I, that's, you could just tell it kind of permeated that entire offensive line that he and Dotson in particular, and in the inside, you know, the two guards, it just kind of that, that vibe kind of permeated its way out to the you edges. You
1: I'm so glad you got out about Stafford when he says, I don't want to be the guy that gets him hit. Yeah. Because that's how he plays. Throwing his body around in pass protection. He's got this guy locked up. He'll see, like, either a Jackson having trouble or somebody having trouble and throw his body back in the way to protect Matthew Stafford. What's that movie? Necessary Roughness. Okay, yeah. They'll never touch you, Mr. Blake. Yeah, that's that guy right there. I'm telling you, that's him that's right the there. That's
0: Kathy Ireland, right?
1: Yes. Okay.
0: Great movie. Just, I'm just making sure it's Sinbad, Kathy yeah. Ireland, and the guy from Quantum Leap.
1: Right. Yeah. That's, but that's that moment, like they'll never touch you, Mr. Stafford. That's great. That's how he plays. Yeah. All right. So let's talk
0: a little bit about Puka too, Demarco, because this was a fifth round draft pick. This was somebody that you know had. I think there were some expectations, but again, it's a fifth round draft pick. If you're going to kind of put out what's likely to happen, what you hope happens, and then your wildest dream. Is that what you got? Did you get your wildest dream the first year with this guy?
1: Fifth rounder to all pro, right? Yeah. Then everybody in the NFL scouting department needs to be fired <laughs> just for a month and then come back because everybody missed. Yeah, this guy's tremendous. But you mean for him to follow up this season? No, no, no. I'm, we'll, we'll get to that. I'm yeah. just talking about a guy that came in
0: because I remember talking to him out at UC Irvine during, during training camp. I'm sitting right there. You you and I were doing the show together. And he's got this big smile on his face. And he's bigger than you think. And he's bigger than you think. But you can just tell. And I remember listening to Sean McVay after say, no, you don't understand. This guy's better. It's different. We have big expectations. I've only heard him say that about a very select few guys. Yeah. He said it about Cooper Cup. He said it about Kyron Williams. And he said it about Puka Nakua. He saw it coming. What did everybody else miss? How how, how did he
1: sh- just show up? Because go back to that opening game against Seattle, he was phenomenal. It's like who yeah. is this? Guy? I'm sure that people had him higher on the board. It was just that forty time. the speed. Uh, we just can't use a premium pick on a guy that's sub four or five. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll look stupid. Yeah. You know we'll take the chance. Who looks stupid now? I, everyone else is passed <laughs> on. Him. Including the Rams that right. waited five Four. rounds to get him, you know <laughs> right. what I mean, if he was that good. But you saw it in training camp, and I'm looking at him as you're talking to him. I'm like, this dude is huge. Yeah. you see his head? Yeah. He's a monster. So we're thinking he's going to be the Robert Woods replacement. Takes him into rounds, catch an occasional screen, get up the field. Tough guy. Ben Skaronik type dude, right? The thing that impressed me the most was his receiving skills. Yeah. Going up, fighting for it. Putting his body, mossing people. You know, his mastery of the offense so fast to know where you need to be and how fast the ball is coming out. Being effective that fast within this offense was amazing for him. Is there, is
0: there just some guys just get it? I wish I had a better way of saying it, but just – I remember, I think McVay, it was either McVay or Stafford that said it, that said, he sees football like I see football. Like We're looking at it the same way. We're seeing the same things. We're speaking the same language. Well, he'd been at BYU. He'd been at Washington. He'd been in some different places. He just comes in, and you're talking about the playbook with – Abla and, and him having to learn the new playbook, the NFL playbook, it just seemed like he just kind of showed up and instinctively knew where to be, not just I- as far as the way that the play was designed, but Matthew Stafford knew where he was going to be. Yeah. He was in the right How place How do you function the right within time. the offense? Yes. Yeah,
1: within the play call to the Is offense. That's just innate. Yeah, I mean, it, it takes – I mean, I don't want to pick on guys, and I'm not. I'm not going to mention names, but there were some receivers that never got it the entire year, and they were functional guys within the offense. Caught a few touchdown passes, yeah. but never really – could immerse themselves in the offense to say, I know it. He knows it. He knows it immediately. So he can take that, and you can trust him that he knows where to line up. And then he knows how to play. You know what I'm saying? Within yeah. the offense. Yeah. This is where I fit. This is where he's looking. This is where the ball might go if they run this sort of coverage. So that stuff you can't teach. But then you have to think, what a heck of a role model he had in Cooper Cup. For sure. You know what I mean? For sure. Football savants is also in your room. Yeah. That can run the meeting. So – It was a perfect storm for Puka Nakua. There's an opportunity. You've got this, and you've got the quarterback that can get you the rock.
0: What's your two look like? I mean, if if he sets a rookie record for catches, he sets a rookie record for yardage, he sets a rookie record for receptions in a playoff game. He's an all-pro, like you're talking about. He's become a celebrity in a town that is driven by celebrity. There's no greater currency in Los Angeles than being famous.
1: He is now. How do you top? What's the second act of that? Uh, you, just be yourself, man. I mean, that's that's the biggest thing. Just be yourself. Whatever your progression was going to be, just make sure you meet that. Whatever your workout goals are, you just meet those. Uh, if you worked on, you know, catching balls out of the jugs machine in March, do it again in March. Yeah. Don't change a thing. Add if you can. But never sacrifice and say, I'm there. And I don't think he's that sort of guy. I don't either. Did you see his family? Oh, they love them some puka. Yeah. And, but they're all critical. They know. <laughs> I don't think they'll let him take a backward step. They shouldn't let they shouldn't be critical of
0: his basketball uh, NBA All-Star Celebrity game. I, that was that was unreal. Like, yeah. Sometimes you see a guy, that's big, strong, jump up, dunk the ball. Like that dude is moving around like an
1: NBA guy. Like graceful.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, just give me it on the run. I'll just go in there and flush it in traffic. It, it's a big it, deal. It
1: made you mad at McVay, right? If he can do that, red zone.
0: Exactly. <laughs> right. get up. Let's get up and do it. The COO of the Rams, Kevin Demoff, is scheduled to join us coming up next. It is Rams Revealed, live from the YouTube Theater on Seven Ten ESPN. Oh, Not only if you are a Rams season ticket holder, do you get to see all of the Rams games as well, but you get to come to something like this inside the YouTube Theater. It's it's a pretty extraordinary venue. Uh, Demarco, you and I have been talking about this a lot. It is a 6,000 seat concert venue inside an 80,000 seat football inside stadium, a stadium, which is pretty remarkable. And man, in large part responsible for this, the COO of the Rams, Kevin Demoff, joining us right now, as well as his daughter Claire, who is here
2: with us. Uh, Kevin, this is a pretty good setup. We should. Do this more often. We, we should do this more often. <laughs> the way you describe it makes me sound like a turducken right? <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, a, duck with a turkey, truck. like it's like. No, YouTube Theater is a hidden gem. I think. Yeah. People come to SoFi Stadium all the time. It's one we've always when we built YouTube Theater. The idea was we would do Rams events in here along with. you have about sixty music shows here a year, and but it's great to see our fans fill this building. You know, to, and what a fun night just to hear Absolutely. from coaches, players, executives, a little bit of sparring on, on stage, and have some fun. Having fun. Are you nervous that Claire's going to interview you? I, I am <laughs> you have not to nervous. Be, right? there's, there's nothing that she'll ask tonight that I haven't already heard. <laughs> really? I, you but, now, you guys may goad her into this, but, you know, she – my, my daughter, for those who are listening, 17-year-old, wants to be in sports media, so I'm trying to talk her out of it. So. It's a great job. Come on. You love us. You love talking to the media. What are you talking about? Uh, I, I do love talking to the media. I was once one of the media, so I do enjoy it, but, you know, at least at least when we're good. You know, let me ask you, let me start here with this question here. Um,
1: how did you phrase 2023, going into training camp? What did you call it? What did you say it was? The word I heard was remodel. Remodel. No one wanted to I, say rebuild. I think we
2: used every reword there <laughs> is, right? Yeah. <laughs> right? like remodel, redesign and you know I was joking up on stage I, I wrote a season ticket holder letter last year at this time basically being like we're not going to suck. We're going to be good. You know, we truly do believe this, but it will be a different year and you know, Claire will tell you at the end of the year when we're watching games, you know, you're watching some of the other games at the very end of December when we're trying to make the playoffs and you're your home, especially after that Saints game and I'm like I really want to make it cuz like we had a vision for what last year it could be. And it was maybe hard to see this time last year that we could really remodel. Was not rebuild because we still had a Matthew Stafford, a Cooper Cup, and Aaron Donald. You're not remo- you're not rebuilding with those players. You're not rebuilding with a Sean McVay. But it was changing a little bit of our philosophy last year, so we could get back to being aggressive. And so, really rewarding to see it, you know, pay off. And I was saying on stage earlier that the number of people who came up to me last year and then this offseason saying last year was one of the most fun years they had as a rampant not the same as 2021 or 2018 sure. but just pure joy of watching that team grow from the offseason to training camp to week one against the seahawks to where we finished against the saints to making the playoffs it was a fun journey watching these personalities come alive watching this team come alive and- you know, very proud of the organization and now can't wait to go back to the lab and rebuild. It's one of my
1: favorite things Re- in dad, like for, fist pump. Is for
2: rebuild for this year, not yes. rebuild. I want to be right. very clear. Right. Rebuild for yeah. 2024. Re- rebuild can come back in the lexicon, <laughs> but not maybe the way that it, you know. We'll make build, sure you don't get aggravated. Build, build upon. Build know. upon. Yeah. Do you go crazy at games, Claire? Do you go nuts? Are you Not supposed? as much as him, no. Yeah? Sometimes I get so nervous, though, I like... Stop breathing.
1: It, before the game?
2: No, during the game. See,
1: I keep I'll, asking I'll hold him. My breath for I ask points. you every game, are you nervous? And you tell
2: me, no, no, no.
3: I- no, he's so nervous.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, I just handle it better, you know. I it's still, you know, one of my favorite visions from all of my time in the Rams, Super Bowl drive, Matthew Stafford, Cooper Cup going down the field. we you know, everybody's dialed in. Les Snead is in the back of the suite. You know, basically kneeling, crouching, <laughs> muttering to himself, not watching. Well, just because you're that <laughs> nervous doesn't mean you're not nervous. <laughs> and <laughs> I mean, and it was just, it. you know, we're, yeah. we're sitting back there, and Les' phrase in yeah, I mean, 2021 <laughs> was not, you know, to be anti fragile, you know, to be resilient. So he's literally in the corner of the suite muttering, not anti fragile, you know, <laughs> wow. like, Mantra. and we're like, even Stan's kind of looking and be like, this is our GM? Like, <laughs> wow. <laughs> But you know what? When we scored the touchdown, all was good. Yeah, I was going to so. say, that
0: was a pretty that was a pretty yeah. good moment. Kevin Demoff, the Rams COO, his daughter Claire, joining us here at Rams Revealed inside of YouTube Theater. It's just been a, a great night. You talk about the vision that you had when you were putting this place inside of SoFi Stadium. Go back to when the team came back to Los Angeles. In your perfect vision of how this thing had played out over not quite at a decade, but we're getting close is this about as good as you could have hoped for to this building a really good team a super bowl championship another super bowl appearance a a, a coach that feels like he's not just a good coach but maybe something incredibly special in the history of this league could you have asked for
2: anything more yeah no and you know i think when you when you look back when we first moved back i'd always tell the staff every decision we should make i said 10 years from now in 2026 When the NFL asked, did we get it right by moving the Rams back to Los Angeles, that answer has to be a resounding yes. But everything we do has to be pointed towards that goal. It can't just be short-term. It can't be immediate gratification. And, you know, when you talk about the journey back, like I wouldn't have wanted 4-12 in the first year. Sure. Right? But what that led to was an examination of what are we doing right, what are we doing wrong. And to lead us to Sean McVay, you know, that is still – he will go down in the history books. You know the fact that he just this year is no longer the youngest head coach, Finally. <laughs> but he is the fifth longest tenured coach in the NFL. Amazing, right now, yeah. and you know this. Hopefully, this year, assuming we have a halfway decent year, will become the all-time winningest coach. In Rams history, 85 years, and then you build upon that, this amazing stadium that Stan built, you know, this journey that's happened, five playoffs in the last seven years, two Super Bowls, a Super Bowl title right here in this building. I I look on stage and see Andrew Whitworth, Mm -hmm. who won Walter Payton Man of the Year in this building, which I think is such a great testament to the work of this community. We do in the community, spearheaded by players like Andrew. We're going to see players like Puka and Steve Avila come, who are the next generation, the Kyron Williams. It's not just what came here at start. You're building something for the future. I I said this earlier, and I believe it. I, This is, to me, the best I've felt about our organization since we moved back, since we moved back. Just when you look at everything humming at the right level, from coaching staff to players, to fandom, to the way the building's operating, to the, just the community feel. like I feel like we're hitting our peak and our stride. But, look, there's a lot of work to do. The great part in Los Angeles, you're never done. No. You're competing for a title every year, and, you look at a team like the Dodgers, just when you think, hey, 10 straight playoffs, oh, we're just going to go up it with Shohei Otani and Yamamoto. Like, that's what I love about being in this market is there. you can't become complacent with a good season, a title. You have to chase it every year. You have so many great franchises here who do chase it. It raises the bar for all of us. Sounds fun, exhausting, but fun,
1: right? But you wouldn't have it any other way. This is the way the way you'd like to have it, chasing championships every single year.
2: I think when you – When you come to a market like this, you in any market you're chasing championships. Los Angeles, I mean, Inglewood was known as the city of champions, Champions. right? That tells you all you need to know about what is expected here, what happened up the street at the forum, and you know we expect to compete for championships year in and year out. It doesn't mean it's always going to work, you know. And I think when you look at, you know, last year was really extending that window to make sure that it wouldn't just close with that group, but that you could keep going after championships, keep trying to win and You know, we have an amazing fan base, amazing ownership group that gives us every resource, you know, to go succeed. And the only impediment is ourselves. And when you look at that and say that's the only thing holding you back from a championship, that is great motivation to get up every day and have action.
1: Lombardi resides in Englewood. How are we doing so far, Claire, on the interview? Are we okay? How's he doing? doing okay. Really? You got any tips? What should I ask him next? Because I have a question about Raheem Moore. Should I ask him that question?
2: You should ask him about his embarrassing moments. Oh, <laughs> oh. I'll let
1: you ask him. <laughs> embarrassing <laughs> moments. Go ahead.
2: Because you're pretending right now that you're the best person ever.
1: <laughs> wow.
2: <laughs> and I think people should know the real you.
1: You put her on the headset. And <laughs> Go ahead.
2: <laughs> you, I don't know how to – you're very special. He's dead. Last night, last night, your mom said you were very special. Go no, special. <laughs> you know <laughs> – our fans say a lot of, you know, you read the comments online, they don't bite like your own family, right? It hits a little different when, when it comes from your own oh, family. And, flesh uh, and blood. Remember, as, as, he's going to buy you a car. As Claire said.
1: And he's already bought
2: me. Oh, okay, okay. Claire says her job is to tear me down. Okay. So, well, so she must be on, on Twitter or X because she, she can come, you know, rattle them off with the best of them. Oh, right. my God. Straight to
1: the point. <laughs> Straight to the point. Let me ask you about Raheem Morris. Oh, and I fun. Tell me if this is fair. <laughs> I hope he loses to the Rams in every NSC championship game for the next 12 years. <laughs> did you hear
2: what Sean said? What did he say? He goes, he goes. I'm so excited for Raheem Ass. He goes, but we're going to beat his ass every time. <laughs> there, you go. The Falcons, there you go. Right? I think that's fair, right? Absolutely. I'm... We're going to know how to attack him. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you're happy for his opportunity. You know, I will say this. When Raheem called to tell me he got the job, I was so excited for him. Like It was one of my moments of joy, followed by this immense pain of how much he means to our organization and meant and that gut punch that he's not going to be there the next day. Wow. Right? Like, you're so excited for for who he is and what he's earned. And, you know, I remember, you know, this is a poignant story. When we hired Raheem, and it was right after Brandon Staley had been with us a year and gotten hired as a head coach. And we hired Raheem, and I, I worked with Raheem in Tampa. It was so great to have him back. And I was like, we're going to get you a head coaching job. And he looked me straight in the eyes, and he said, Kevin, he goes, people like me don't get head coaching opportunities the second time in the NFL. And it was not – a laughing matter it was very direct a commentary on where black coaches are in our league where he thought his opportunity was to see him three years later a super bowl champion get to go back to atlanta as a head coach is so special i think for everybody in this building but we're gonna miss him and i'm so excited for chris shul and his opportunity but raheem morris was the glue to our organization it meant so much to everybody i think you know like oh yeah you don't replace people like that you, you we will do our best but he's gonna be an amazing addition for the falcons and I hope to see them here at SoFi in January.
0: Yeah, he—he's he, maybe the best example of what I wanted to ask you about next, Kevin. We're talking with Kevin Demoff, the COO of the Rams. That special be, be, because the team <laughs> very special, special in a the COO <laughs> of the Los Angeles Rams, Baby. according to his own flesh and blood, um, the brain drain every year, right? That, that you have. A coordinator becomes a head coach you have then he's going to take uh, players with him and it's not just one guy ever here or there it's every year it seems like people come and raid sean mcveigh's staff to go and, and build their own programs does it ever get any easier trying to to deal with this
2: you know i feel for sean right this was a year in which you know you were hoping raheem would get a job but you were hoping for some security with the staff and the sure. way the way it was built especially after he kind of rebuilt it last year and to lose i walked in today to First day of drafting to the coach, and I look around, I'm like, I don't know any of these people. You know, we got like nine, ten new faces who are here who are coming, but Sean does such a great job of finding people who are fits, and I think he keeps refining it each year. And, you know, someone this year, you know, like a Nate Shieldhouse coming from Iowa State, OC, a young up-and-comer, bringing him in really to kind of come for a few years. Nick Haley last year, who had a couple of opportunities to go be an offense coordinator in the NFL this year and turn them down. I think it was a great addition to the staff. You continue to see it across the board. And then, you you know, one of the things that's great to see, the Aubrey Pleasants of the world who who go come back. Yeah. You know, and one of the things that we always talk about, it's such a great environment. I Listening to Michael Fleur up on stage, you know, people who might have had bad experiences in other buildings who come back and feel what it's like to be part of a Sean McVay staff, people when it's part to be part of this organization. And, look, having a successful organization means every person in the building on the same page, pulling for one another, you know, having joy playing football. And I think that's one of the great things in our building. We're a serious football building, but we have fun. Yeah. And I think, you know, football is important. The X's and O's. And I think we do it at high of a level as anybody. But people can be themselves. And, you know, you show up, you have fun, and hopefully you go win on Sundays. And you know, that's what's great. But it is it is exhausting. I feel for Sean, you know, he wants to go on vacation each year at the end of the season. It's always about coaching. Staff. coaching. <laughs> You know, even you think, like, okay, like, you're disappointed you lose to Detroit, you know. But there's always that bittersweet end of the year where it's like, okay, you get a little bit of a break. And it's like, no, you're right into filling your coaching staff and, you know, nine, ten additions every year. And I'm sure we're probably at over 40 changes probably, you know, on that staff since Sean's been here. And I mean, wow. but you think about him. This is, you know, he just finished seven years as a head coach. He's had five head coaches.
0: Unreal. It's, it's unreal.
2: Hired, then you add a Jed fish in at a place like it's the university.
1: Yeah,
0: you know. our Huskies. Wolf, our Huskies.
2: Come yeah. on no. And then, you know, probably another six or seven coordinators sure. across the league. I mean, it's an impressive – his tree, you know, is now a forest.
1: Pretty big. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Grove, orchard, forest. <laughs> it's it's more than it's a tree. It's is, more than a tree, for sure. Pretty demanding, but pretty big tree. Absolutely. No question. Uh, this year, you, you got a first-rounder? You got some money? I mean, <laughs> this got is got fun, a, got right? Got everything for the it's,
0: first time in a while. Funny.
2: You're coming off a, a playoff season? This is fun. This, so is, this is fun, right? I mean, yeah. I think this is the – you know, a year ago, you know, and I put this in the letter, the problem was we had always been so aggressive. We just didn't have the draft picks or the salary cap space to win those battles. When you go into a Christian McCaffrey trade, people can outbid you. That was never the case with us before. And, you know, now, you know, with hopefully 11 picks, once we get these compensatory picks and, you know, a first rounder, you know, maybe four picks in the top 100, you know, about $45, 50000000 million of salary cap space, you know, we can go be the Rams. We can be aggressive. You know, we can jump out. And I think one of the things that people didn't get last year is we didn't have to be as aggressive. I don't want to say tearing it down, but making the moves we did. We could have kicked the can down the road. There are other teams that do that, but we wanted to get back to, I think, being able to take big swings and being able to really, you know, if a player becomes available through a contract dispute or, you know, falls out of favor through a salary cap cut or we can move up in the draft or trade back, all of those options are available to us. Not something we haven't had, but you know, it's funny, I remember we, we sat with Sean in last the first day of the offseason season. Sean asked Tony, he goes, How much money do I have? And Tony gave him a number and Sean's like Wow, that's more than I've ever had in my career. By the end of that night he's like, How do I get more money? Right? Like you know, he was like wow. so you need to get the answer yeah. to that click. You know, it's he, a very he,
0: important question. Like, how okay, how much do you money? have now? How do we oh, get Oh, you know, in twenty
2: seventeen we wish told him, taught us that in school. <laughs> you know, you know twenty seventeen I think we had forty million in cap space and he's like, How much we have like forty five million, maybe we fifty, low fifties, depending on where the cap finishes and he's like, Oh my god, that's great He goes, How much did I have last year? We're like negative two. Wow You know? He's like feeling great. By the end he goes, How do we get to like 50, 60, (laughs) 70 million, we're like, you don't. Easy. (laughs) easy. I mean, this is, you know, this guy got a payday loan and, you know, (laughs) is out there buying a Bentley. (laughs) Heck yeah. I like
1: it. We'd all do the same thing. Come on. Those
2: of us who oversee the (laughs) cap are like, you know, can't you just get. A Toyota, no. a, a Camry, no. run forever. Maybe like a Range Rover. No, we've got a Bugatti. <laughs> that's that's right. Right. And, and, and we need a second one because one isn't
0: enough. Absolutely. I've got one quick one for you, Kevin. You mentioned his name a second ago. And I, I remember you know sitting in the press box and when they put him up on the board on Thursday Night Football, the, the Saints game, when Shohei Otani was in the building. And just the buzz that went through it. And, you know, we've seen LeBron James there. We've seen, you know, it, it's, it's Los Angeles. Celebrities come to games. Was the Otani thing even a, a, another level
2: for you? Insane. Yeah. Like, I mean, I think our players, A, he's so big. He's huge. Like, <laughs> he's standing there on the sideline, and, you know, like. He I remember fits. Like, Rob Havenstein, like, Bob Brent, like, looking up the dude, they're like, that's a dude, right? Yeah. I mean, I just think what he does is so, I mean, you think about Matthew Stafford and Aaron Donald wrapped up in one. Right. Right? I mean, like. Wow. I mean, that's insane. Yeah. I mean, he's. You know, last year, Lamar Jackson and Miles Garrett, right? Wow. I mean, that's an amazing player. Um, the person he, providing the most buzz was my brother. Yeah. Your he, brother? Brother loves he Shohei loves loves Oh, wow. He got a jersey yesterday for his birthday. Yeah, there you go. So, but I mean, you talk about he was in our locker room. Yeah. You know, and he really doesn't speak English, right? Yeah. So, like, you're just taking it all in, and, and that got language that gap makes it almost even more amazing because he has a way of communicating with those players and just the smile on his face was was awesome and he's such an amazing athlete i think that just goes to show when you talk about los angeles this is meant for big stage big players it's why you build a place Mm. like sofi stadium and it's a great credit you know this crowd here you talk about that thursday night i thought that atmosphere was one of the best regular season atmospheres we've had at sofi stadium in my time you know since it's been open and That's kind of when you look at these fans who are here tonight, what we've built. We have plenty of games for their visiting fans. Don't get me wrong. But that core fan base that's out here tonight that showed up for, you know, those four-game win streak is an amazing fan base, one to build off of. And, you know, the players like Shohei, the players like Matthew Stafford, Aaron Donald Cooper Cup, Puka Nakua, they're what makes you so excited to be in Los Angeles because that stardom here is unlike Rams. any other place.
0: Kevin Demoff is the COO of the Los Angeles Rams. His daughter Claire called him very special in the middle of this interview. Thank you both. <laughs>
2: Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank
0: you. Fantastic. Good job, Claire. It is Rams Revealed live from the YouTube Theater. And Pukunikua just walked onto the stage. Seems like a pretty popular guy. More to come. 710 ESPN. A great night talking about Rams football here. Rams revealed. And uh, Bobby Brown is joining us right now. And your guy, Steve uh, Avila, is talking about you on the other side of the room. Did you hear what he said? I didn't hear what he said. (laughs) So he was saying he came up to you when you guys were teammates this year and asked if you remembered him when you played in high school. And he asked, and you said, who are
3: you? I did. (laughs) You did? (laughs) Wow. Because I do it. When we played in high school, his name on the – on the thing was Esteban oh so he introduced himself as Steve I'm like bro I don't know you bro like, yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> who do you think's bigger Bobby Bobby's bigger yeah, yeah. what
3: then Steve yeah, yeah. than Steve oh, yeah. yeah you're bigger than him yeah uh, the height. but he got me in width though I mean I, I don't everybody know in bro. Width.
1: yeah look no. at your shoulders big dog how's your offseason been so far after Usman the season good. you had
3: I've been good. I mean, I just been chilling right now and let my body heal, but I'm about to get ready to get back to it.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, in Detroit, you had a shot to win. You were in the postseason. No one had you guys going to the playoffs last season. I mean, that had to be a roller coaster ride for your butt
3: going last season. It was. Honestly, it was fun though because it was like nobody knew what they expect from us. Everybody had their own opinion, so we just went out there and wrote our own story.
0: Bobby, when did you know you had a pretty good team? Because the team was 3-6 and six at one point. you going into your bye. Matthew Stafford's hurt. And it just felt like, okay, it's just not going to happen for a lot of people. When did you know? No, we're all right. We might not have a great record at the moment, but we got a
3: pretty good team. Honestly, I felt like our team was good uh, in training camp. I knew we had a contended team in training camp. I just knew we were young. But at the end of the day, football is football. Age no not matter. How did you know in training camp? Honestly, just seeing how we compete with each other and how the coaches just trust e- all of us at every position. Like, like yeah, it was a lot of coaching. It was a lot of teaching points at the end of the day. You're going to have to do that with a young team. But we was out there playing football and, like, getting after each other.
1: What's it like for you to, to line up next to Aaron? Just be honest. Is is that intimidating? Is that scary?
3: Honestly, man, it's like uh, – it's – First and foremost, it's a real man. I grew up watching AD. Yeah, I was been one of my favorite players. But at the end of the day, it's it's a it's an honor more than anything. It just shows that the fruit of my labor is paid off. I'm next to the greatest ever. I'm here.
1: I'm in the I'm league, here. and I'm next to him. But how does watching him help you become a better football player?
3: Honestly, I wouldn't even say watching him on the fields would help me. It's watching him day to day. That's the biggest thing. Like he's the same person every day, in and out the facility. Same person. Same work ethic. And that, that just, like, rubs off like crazy because the, the highest level of professionalism is consistency. Right.
0: Yeah. What about the workout? Did, it, we, there's the stories about people trying to go work out with Aaron Donald and it not going well. Have you tried?
3: I work out with him every day, but I mean, oh. I mean. You keep uh, up? Uh, what? What's I, the, be, uh, I, I be round. <laughs> <laughs> I be around. <laughs> is he competitive in the weight room? Yes, he is. Yeah, bro, we was curling one time. Yeah, this man takes his shirt off and gets to flexing. And he curling and he talking to me like, "Yeah, look at me. You see how I'm doing it? Yeah, you see it? Da da da. You want to look like this? I'm like, bro, what is wrong with you? Bro? <laughs> like it's, it's eight in the morning, cut. but he loves it though. <laughs> he loves it. He loves it.
1: I mean, I mean, do you have that same sort of love for the game? Can you develop that sort of love for the game?
3: Man, I, I do love the game, and I, I honestly think. I think I have a love for it, but I think he has an obsession for it, and I think that's the difference between me and him and him and a lot of other players. Can you get there? Can you I'm get to the to get obsession there. part? Yes, sir. Yeah.
1: I mean, how, did, how, did, how do you flip that switch? I feel how does like, it change for you?
3: I feel like it's not a switch. I feel like you got to, like I said, between the, best, the highest level of professionalism is consistency. So I feel like you got to, first of all, show yourself that you're consistent and you want to keep working towards that to be obsessive with it.
0: So you're coming in to your fourth season in the league right and what do you know now that you didn't know when you first came in is it more physical is it more of a mental thing that you understand now about the league but what's the biggest difference
3: uh it's definitely a curve physically but i feel like this that's like that at every level of football but as far as mental through formations and everything i did not know that in college yeah. So like getting to the league being in a system where you actually have to know formations it's like not only do I feel like that helps me a lot within uh, the scheme, but it helps me a lot as a player between down the distance and knowing, and knowing what I could expect to get from this formation or at this point in time in the game.
0: Do you still think – you're still thinking it through, or it's just like, okay, I got this now. I know, I know what this is. I know what my expectations are. I know where I need to be. Or you still think, okay, is it this or is it that?
3: Honestly, I, w- I was taught – when I first got to the league by Henny, to never say I got it. So I'll probably never say I got it. But at the end of the day, I feel like I'm getting the gist of it.
1: Oh, you just hurt my feelings. I, I, you're going to miss Coach Henny. I miss Coach Henny already. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, man. Heck of a coach, man. Great yeah. coach. Uh, expects a lot out of you. Uh, so, I mean, this year for you. I mean, this is year four for you. Yes, sir. It seemed like you just got here. Yeah. I remember watching you in the, on this stadium when the Rams were in the Super Bowl. Like, you couldn't wait to get in the game. Like, man. But you –
3: that was hell for you, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah, tell me about that. <laughs> Till now. Honestly, yeah. It was, I feel like, man, my my career so far, especially it's been three years. Like, it don't even feel like three years. And I have yet to have three full seasons. Yeah. Like, I have yet to actually have a full season yet. But at the end of the day, I say, man, my, my career so far been a roller coaster. But it been I've seen the good, the bad, the ugly already between injuries, between suspension, between the Super Bowl. Between a winning team, a losing team, a team that ain't nobody had no expectations for, I feel like I've seen pretty much everything, and I've realized, like, expectations don't matter to nobody. So going into this year as a unit, as a group, as a football team, how do you
1: guys feel about 2024?
3: Go win, because we can win, period, point blank. That's it. That's it. I love that mentality.
0: Bobby Brown joining
3: us here at Rams Revealed
0: YouTube Theater. So the expectations, like you said doesn't really matter, right? You're either going to go out there and play well or not. You're either going to win or not. But do you feel them like th- this season Rams fans, the excitement getting ready for what's coming up this uh, this season? It it is different than, you know, you go back a couple of years ago, you're defending the Super Bowl. It's Let's see if he can run it back. And Sean McVay in front of the Coliseum, run it back, run it back. And now here you are coming off of a 10-7 and season, and it's gone from, hey, I don't know what the Rams are going to be, to, you know, the Rams are supposed to be pretty good. Have you
3: at least felt the buzz out in the universe? Uh, You you can't help it, especially with social media nowadays. You can't help but feeling the buzz. But at the end of the day, it's it's one thing Coach uh, McVay coaches and preaches day-to-day. It's we, not me, and it's all about us. So once we get in that building, it's all about us. We don't really care about what everybody else is saying. So it's like, yeah, we hear you. Yeah, we see it. But that's only fuel to the fire, baby. Appreciate you.
1: <laughs> I, I'm
3: still having visions
1: of Aaron Donald with no shirt on doing curls saying, yeah. Man. That, that's just At 8 scary. o'clock in the morning. 8 o'clock eight in, in the morning, morning, man. Like, don't you sleep, man? I'm trying to. You know I'm I'm saying? still on, kind of working through coffee number two. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, what is the most you've ever bench pressed? Because aren't, aren't you the biggest dude on the team, heaviest-wise? One, 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 one of them. one of the biggest, yeah. Yeah.
3: What, what, what's the most you've ever thrown up on the bench? Man, the most I've thrown up on a bitch is 340. 340, really? That's it. What about rep wise Reps. Uh, how, doing what, 340? Yeah, like 225. 225. Uh, I only did it like 20 times. That's it. He said I only did it 20 times. I, I
0: picture you spinning it on your finger like a globetrotter. That's what I'm saying. Right, <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah, That
3: yeah. one's long, bro. Like, it's <laughs> oh, yeah, like yeah, right. it oh, fun me. He like center arms, right? <laughs> I'm saying. And I when AD bench, he like doing like this. I'm like, <laughs> Eight inches, right? Right, <laughs> yeah, right, right.
1: Like, a mile long, yeah. Oh, for real.
0: <laughs> How's it changed for you coming into this season with the changing uh, on the defensive side of the ball? Reed Morris is in Atlanta. Yeah. And you got a new defensive coordinator in Chris Shula. How's that changed your life?
3: Uh. I feel like it don't change me none at the end of the day. I have to be me and be consistent with them, my craft and myself every day. I feel like I just need to go back to the drawing board once we know what we're doing defensive-wise and know the defense in and out like I did last year. How about these rookies, man? I mean, Puka Nakua, out of the gate, is an all-pro. Literally.
1: He's a celebrity in Los Angeles. (laughs) I mean, unbelievable. He just got here. Is that fair?
3: Yeah, it's fair. The man earned it. The boy went out there and did what he needed to
1: do. I mean, that's just uh, like a young football team. You said you knew. I mean, we're, talk- we're trying to figure out how do you start rookies at left guard? How do you start rookies at receiver and be credible in the National Football League and you make the postseason? This guy is clearly something
3: special. When did you see it out of Puka Nakua? Honestly, like I said, I seen Puka was special in training camp. Training camp, practice. That's when you saw Yeah, like, Yeah. I remember – I remember during the season, it was this play, and uh, I ain't going to get into the whole story of everything, but it was this play, and staff threw the ball kind of high. Like, I don't think anybody would have really went and got it or caught it or whatever. And this man, Puka, jumped up there. Like, I'm talking about, it was like he was floating. Catches the ball. <laughs> he ended up flipping and falling or whatever, but, like, he caught it, though. He went up and got it. He went up and got it. like. It but it looked like it was completely out of his reach. Unbelievable. Like, hookah like is different. There might be more there. We were talking about that celebrity yeah. basketball game. I was just going to say, yes. do you know he could play basketball like that? I wasn't surprised. Most football players could play basketball. Like that? Not yeah. like that, though.
1: <laughs> what? I <laughs> mean, <Most football, laughs> they think they can play basketball. Wait, are you, you're not about to tell me you can play can basketball. you do that? Who? You're not about to tell me you can play hoop. Who? who? You? Me? Yeah, you. <laughs>
3: um, I I need video. Come on. It's on my Instagram. Is it? Bobby, three eyes, five. You want to see me hoop? It's on the Instagram. <laughs> I better see some handles. I'll tell you, I got all of it. Shot, handles, dunk, defense, everything, whatever you want, brother. Not just, one, not just one dribble, turn around, and dunk. I no, I'm telling you, I got everything. Okay. I bet you can set a my pick. My mama went pro in basketball. <laughs> you said I bet you can set, you a set a pick. right? Oh, I can set a mean pick. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: you know right, mean? I'm not going Do, through this. Doing I'm like just, sex. Yeah, I'm going <laughs> under, right? I'm going I'm not doing you that. You got it. Yes, sir. Bobby Brown joining us here rams revealed uh, at the youtube theater bobby look forward to seeing you yes sir uh, this upcoming season appreciate you coming by thank yes, you so sir much. thank you you got it appreciate it. those are some long arms and uh, big dude i don't believe 340
1: by the way i think you're selling yourself short uh, 340 i'm thinking more i think that's just all the weights they had in the room at the time <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's what that is. Wow. That's a big man. We taking yeah, a picture? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, we're going to take a picture for sure. We're going to come back to the YouTube Theater.
0: It is the Rams Revealed Season Ticket Holder event. you got to get in on this. It is a very, very special night here at the YouTube Theater. More to come on 710 ESPN. Let the record reflect that Rams season ticket holder Steve Mason did not come by the uh, show tonight. I don't know if he's here. Uh, he may have had a uh, prior to commitment, but I was trying to twist his arm today, DeMarco, to, to see if Mason would come by and he's very non-committal.
1: If he's in the building, he he owes it to us to come by, right? I think. Thank you. you come by think. and say hello. I mean, he, you got to be excited. This is really cool, it's man. It's very cool. Yeah. It's very cool. And and
0: look, this is a cliche, but I think it fits. What a difference a year makes, man! Like think think about the mood after the end of the 2022 season. Oh man, a five and 12 team, and the Super Bowl felt like a million years ago. Yeah. You know it was the previous season, and there were questions about Matthew Stafford's health, about Cooper Cup's health, about whether Aaron Donald was going to continue
1: to play or I think not. Bay was going to be I think here. Bay may yeah. or may
0: not come back. Yeah. Is he going to go TV? Is he going to take a break or whatever that might be? And then. Fast forward to where we are tonight, and the
1: level of enthusiasm and passion and excitement for the team that's coming up, it's off the charts. You know, it's funny. We do those training camp shows, and, you know, you do what you do. You study, you research, and... How are the Rams going to be? And what did you say early? You said nine wins, ten wins? What did you say? I, I thought this might be a four or five win. Team. Okay, four I or really five wins. Did. I really so, did. I thought ten was a pipe dream. So when you say that this team could be better than that, you, you kind of have people like they'd look at you in the face and laugh. But I am I tell people that's what they think. Yeah. And you heard it from Bobby. Yeah. Bobby said, I thought we were contenders in training camp. And I'm like, really, man? You had rookies out there, Michael Hoyt, and outside linebacker. You thought you can win with this? But, yeah, they were preached. To believe that they could get it done, yeah. And this coaching staff impressed upon them that they could get it done, and they've got some wonderful performances out of young guys. And they made the postseason. They made a miracle turnaround after the bye, But they always thought it. Steve Avila said he did. He can't remember the first half of the season. All he remembers is how they finished.
0: You guys are different, man. Like you, pro- professional athletes, you guys are different. You you have this ability. And I say this, I took you've heard me tell Kirk this a million times. I'm sure, sure I've told you this a million times. A professional athlete's ability to compartmentalize, Yeah. to only focus on what is in front of me today. What happened tomorrow doesn't matter. What happened yesterday doesn't matter. I got to do my job today. I got to learn this scheme. I got to block this guy. That's it. And when you hear Avila say that, it's one of those
1: things that makes you go – I don't think it's just something they say. It's true. Like, I didn't even know that we were 3-6. and six. I believe him when he says Yeah, that. it's one snap and clear. I said the same thing years ago with Jim Hannafin, God rest his soul. Uh, he was coaching our offensive line, and we were doing something like this. And yeah. he told the crowd... That he knew, the coaching staff knew that we were going to be bad going into the year. And I said, I had no idea. I had no idea we were bad. Even off a four-win season, I thought we were just three plays away from being in the Super Bowl. (laughs) Blissfully ignorant. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) But that's what you hear. That's what these guys are about. That's what one snap and clear is all about. You've heard that before, right? It's one snap. You live it. Once it's over, you move on to the next. No matter what happened. But that's just how you have to live. That's part of being in football.
0: So... This this may be a stupid thing to say, a stupid question to ask, but because I'm about to ask this about a guy that's won a Super Bowl and went to another.
1: Was that the best job Sean McVay's done as head coach in this league last year? You know, I, I you've got to say yes. It's hard to say that when you've been to two Super Bowls and you won one. Here <laughs> right. in Los Angeles. Right. The L.A. Rams won a Super Bowl in Los Angeles. It's hard to say that anything can top that, but you heard what Kevin Demoff said about – how the buildings involved? How everybody's having fun? This is a great place to be. It has to be the best job that Sean McVay's done. Uh, to go from where wh- what the expectations were to to now is like you said. It's 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 night and day different. He seems he
0: personally and and watching him on the sidelines, listening to him press conferences, seeing his you know talk to you guys his enthusiasm was off the charts this year and look he's an enthusiastic guy he is a positive thinker he's a guy that's always thinking the best thing's going to happen at the end of 2022 you could tell there's a lot on his plate he had a weight of the world on his shoulders about what was coming on he did he was not the guy that we'd seen previously and he came in this year and it was like it had just been washed away. That the, the the passion and the energy and the enthusiasm for what was coming up was palpable and it just I, I think it permeated not only his players but the entire
1: organization. See, this is where this is so funny, and I'm going back to Coach Vermeil, your favorite guy. Goes to on the line. On the line. You know, I'm gonna tell you text him, him yet? I will. I'm going to. I'm gonna rectify this for Coach Vermeil. That's my guy. But I think this is where and when I rank coaches, Rams coaches, I gotta put Vermeil one McVeigh two, or depending, it yes. may be McVeigh one, Vermeil two. But this is where Vermeil failed. He burned himself out in Pitts in Philadelphia. Yeah, that's why he had to leave and go to TV. TV. I think Sean McVeigh was on his way to burning out. You saw him at the end of that year. He was ghost white. He yeah. was done. He yeah. needed a break. But he came back, recharged, found the love, and here we are again. So What happened? What changed? He it, took self-inventory and said, this is what I can do. I can't do this. I need help here. That's a very grown-up statement to make. Okay, with that in mind, yeah. so with the, I need help here, that they hired a
0: game coordinator coach, uh, and I'm finding boom. My, what's that? I said boom. That would, right,
1: right. read my mind. Because,
0: yeah. they, look, I think there are two criticisms of Sean McVeigh that are reasonable, right, They're, that are fair. Number one is that he maybe goes away from the running game a little more quickly than fans might like. That's yeah. a, I think a fair criticism. Number two is let's not burn timeouts early in the third quarter. Right, that that five yard delay a game penalty is probably not as big of a deal as having a full complement of timeouts at the game. He even talked about that in the in the lines. Good game. luck with that. And, yeah, and, and here we go <laughs> yeah. at the beginning of the season, and, and or going into the season, and they have a guy that is there to basically say, Hey, hold on, at least let's reconsider whether we're going to do a timeout. That that ability to take self-inventory, to say, I'm good at this, but maybe not as good at that and get some help for it. Not everybody does that. And no. Th- that he's still on the right side of 40 and is already making these adjustments, it's extraordinary. The
1: only other guy like that is, is well, he's not coaching. It's Belichick. Belichick could coach every position on the field. He could do it himself. But he had to learn to trust his assistants. I think that's where McVay comes in. I have to trust my assistants. I have to delegate a little bit, which means – I'm going to be done with football by 7 p.m., and that's it. No if ands, or buts, and I'm going home. That's, some, that's stuff that some coaches cannot do. They just cannot keep their own word. Uh, they'll, they'll burn it at both ends. They don't go home. They don't spend time with their family, and stuff goes haywire. I think he has learned from that year, this is what I need to do, this is what I need to change. If I want to get back and get to where I want to be in this game again, I need to start working this way and keep my health. Sure. That's the other thing. He looks terrific, doesn't he? You know, the only
0: time he yeah. didn't in the eight years, like I said, it'll be eight years this upcoming season. The only time I saw him not look good was towards the end of two seasons. He was that, fried. He yeah. was fried. And it just looked like, okay, I, I need to just take a, take a minute and recollect. He looks like he's ready to run through a you wall. A you bit. know, He
1: keeps saying it when we do the coaches shows. I mean, he 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 emphasizes you have to enjoy this. Yes. You have to remember this is fun. And th- that can be – you can forget about that. You're a baseball guy. When when winning becomes what do you call that? It's no longer fun. It's a relief. It's a relief, right? I mean, and that's how you lose your way in this game. So I still think he's grinding as hard as he ever he's he's ever grinded, but he's still keeping the fun uh, of being in football with that. What, is the ceiling on this team going into it next year? Is it
0: a Super Bowl caliber team? I mean, we've talked about that window being open, and I remember Les Snead telling me on my show that the window is Aaron Donald and Matthew Stafford. As long as we have those two guys, we're going to continue to try to do everything we can to win as often as we can. It feels like that window had slid a little bit more closed, and then they kicked it wide open again coming into this one.
1: You know, I think there's some buy-in. What did, what did Robinson sign for? Five million? Yeah, not, I mean, a, a reasonable amount. You, you got him for a steal, so if you can, find a way to keep Kevin Dodson in the fold and you can keep Coleman Sheldon and you can keep Alaric Jackson. If you can keep that continuity on offense, then the sky's the limit. Defense, look, you're always going to hit the ground running. It could be new guys every single year. That's read and react. That's a little easier to, to staff and, and get ready to go. But offensively, if you can keep that machine that you had last season, keep that together and keep it going, yeah, sky's the limit. And like Kevin Demoff
0: told us uh, you know, about an hour or so ago, the Rams have a full complement of weapons at their disposal going into this offseason. You have a first-round draft pick for the first time since Jared Goff. You have, you know, depending on where the number lands, somewhere around $45, 50000000 million in free agent money to go. You have all of your things available to you for the first time in a very long time for the rams this has been rams revealed that is demarco Farr. i am travis rogers live from the youtube theater we can't get football started soon enough can you?
1: oh my god let's go right now let's go
0: right now travis and sliver tomorrow at 10 a.m don't miss it